have your seat. Let's look in Psalms 144 and verse number 1. Psalms 144 and verse number 1. We're talking about the enemies of faithful expectancy, the enemies of faithful expectancy, and tonight is lesson number 5, lesson number 5 of the enemies of faithful expectancy. This phrase, faithful expectancy, it comes from a mindset of remaining hopeful as you wait for the manifestation of your desired expectation, or as you patiently wait for the promise of God, or the thing that God has spoken or declared in your life. Verse number one says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And so we realize that whatever we receive from God is going to be the result of faith. And to live out the Word of God requires faith also. Faith is a part of this fight that we find ourselves in as Christians. The Apostle Paul says that we're to fight the good fight of faith, and by doing so, we lay hold on eternal life, that quality of life that Jesus came to give us, uh, what he calls the abundant life. And so this is the life that God has ordained for us, and it takes faith to live this life out. And so we started looking at the actual enemies of faithful expectancy. Enemy number one was lack of faith. Let's move to enemy number two, lack of strength, lack of strength. I want to give you three definitions for strength, and then I want to give you what I call a, uh, a working definition or a definition, a practical definition. Uh, it is, number one, the state of being strong, lack of strength strength, the state of being strong. Number two, it is the power or capacity to resist or withstand attacks, pressures, or stress. And then definition number three, it is the ability, strength is, uh, to successfully endure difficulty, opposition, and hardship now watch the latter part of that, while maintaining one's belief, conviction, or stance. The ability to successfully endure difficulties, endure opposition and hardship while maintaining, while holding on to your belief, holding on to your conviction, and holding on to your stance, keeping your your stance or your position. Not allowing uh, opposition and, and difficulties and hardships to move you from what you really believe, to remove you from what your convictions are. Amen? Amen. Now, in practice, and this is what I call a practical definition, strength is facing the uncertainties and pressures of the present overcoming the pain and disappointments of the past while pressing into your future with confidence and assured dependence upon God. Strength. I want to give you that again. It is 
facing the uncertainties and pressures of the present. And how many know that the present can bring many uncertainties? Uh, so much so that, you know, it'll put you in a place where you, you really fear going forward or you just choose not to go forward. The uncertainty of the present and the pressures of the present, overcoming the pain and disappointments of the past. Some people uh, are challenged not with where they are, not with what they believe their future is. Some people are challenged with just the things they've gone through. Uh, they've not been able to overcome those things. So being able to, and it takes strength. It takes strength, just like it takes strength to deal with what you have to deal with today, it takes strength to overcome the things you had to deal with in your past. Amen. Amen. If it were not so, then no one would be, would be held captive by their past. But many people are held captive uh, by the pains of their past, the disappointments of their past, you know, the things that they've gone through in their past. But, but, but overcoming that while pressing into your future with confidence and assured dependence upon God. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 2 Samuel 22. Lack of strength to lack strength. We established that, that God, he is the source of our strength. Now, we know that, right? Say, God is the source of my strength. Of my strength. Say it again. Tell the person next to you. Tell someone on the other side. The scripture actually says that, that he is the strength of our lives. He's the strength of our lives. Psalms 46 and verse number 1, you can just make a note of it because you're going to 2 Samuel. But Psalms 46 and verse number 1 tells us that God is our refuge and strength. He is our strength. And there, there, there are multiple scriptures that, that uh, speak to this truth that God is our strength. Say it again, God is my strength. God is my strength. And you have to convince yourself of that and, and believe it because it's in the Word of God, both Old and New Testament, that our strength lies in God. It's not anywhere else. Our strength is in God. Our strength is not in who we know in the earth. Our strength is not in the money that we have. Our strength is not in our connections. It's not in our education. It's not in any of those things. But our strength lies within God, the source of our strength, where we get our strength from is God. Amen. Amen. He's our refuge. He is our strength. And he is a very present help in the time of trouble. Amen. You're never by yourself in trouble because God is very present with you in trouble. And he's not there just to be there, but he's going to strengthen you. And he's going to be a refuge for you. He's going to be a, a safe place, a safe place for you. Amen. Amen. Now, if you look at verse number 40, watch this, because in this whole idea of faithful expectancy and fighting the good fight of faith, look at verse number 40 of 2 Samuel 22. I tell you to go to 22, 2 Samuel 22, verse 40. Can we read that together, the first part of that? Ready? Read. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Now, he has girded us. He has girded us. He has equipped us with what? Strength for what? To battle. To battle. To battle. So we are in a battle. And, and the thing of it is, we don't have to fight this battle in our own strength. 
God has girded us. Say, I have been girded with strength. For every battle. For every challenge. For every difficulty. For every hardship. For every situation. For every circumstance. For every mountain. For every setback. For every trial. For every test. For every temptation. I have been girded with strength. Praise God. You believe that? Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Because we have been girded with strength. He has girded you with strength. He has, in other words, he has strapped strength on us. Amen. Amen. Girded us with it. That way we don't, we don't lose it. Girded. Girded us. Something holding you. So the strength of God is what holds you. Amen. The strength of God is what sustains you. The strength of God is what holds you together, holds you together so you don't lose it. Yeah. I, am, I am girded with strength. Yeah. You know what a girdle is, right? Yeah. So we've been girded with strength. It, it keeps us from losing it. It keeps us... <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Keeps you from losing it, all right? <laughs> Keeps you from being all over the place, praise God. It's just, that's what it does. It, 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 it keeps you tight. It keeps you tight in your faith. Keeps you tight in your confession. That's what it does. I can bring any woman up here to teach this part of the lesson. <laughs> She'll bless you with that girdle part. <laughs> but we have been girded with strength. That's what it said. He has girded us with strength for battle. Amen. 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 So I'm ready. Say that. I'm, I'm ready. ready. Say it again. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah, man. Praise God. We're, we're ready for it. I mean, bring on what you're going to bring on. I'm girded with strength. I'm not, looking, I'm not looking to my own strength. I'm not looking to my own ability, my own might. But I'm going to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Might is the ability to do anything. And as long as we realize we're girded with strength, we can do anything. We could do anything. We can overcome anything. We can conquer anything. We can come back from anything. We can bounce back from anything. We can get up from anything because we have been girded with strength. Amen. Being girded with strength doesn't mean you're not going to fall. Doesn't mean you're not going to be knocked down. But it means you got the strength. You got the wherewithal. You have what it takes to get back up again. Amen. Say it again. I am girded with strength. I am girded with strength. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it said, for thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Those of you who are watching me uh, live stream, you're, you're girded. You're girded. You're girded with strength, so you can get up out of that situation. You don't have to be afraid of what you have to face tomorrow. You don't have amen, to fear, amen. you know, your past coming back on you. You don't have to stay captive and be in prison to the things that you've gone through in your past. You can get up because you have been, even if you don't feel like it, you have been girded amen. with strength. Amen. It has nothing to do with how you feel, but everything to do with what you believe. And, and I believe that you are girded with strength. And I believe you're girded with strength. I declare 
to the weakest person in here tonight, you are girded with strength because God, he girded you with strength. Amen. It's the only reason you made it this far. Because you've been girded with strength. That's why the scripture said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. Amen. Because his strength is made perfect. His strength is perfected in my weakness. When Paul understood that, he said, well, most gladly then, I'd rather glory in mine infirmity so the power of Christ can rest upon me. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. So, oh, goodness. Yes, I did. Now, so let's, let's go to now. Uh, so I want to talk to you about how to, how to withdraw from God's strength. How to withdraw from God's strength. Number one, stop depending on your own strength. Stop depending on your own strength. That's the first thing. Stop depending on your own strength. Number two, acknowledge the power of God's presence with you. Acknowledge the power of God's presence with you. Number three, maintain an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Maintain an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Number four, believe the word of God. Believe the word. Believe it. Don't debate it. Believe it. Don't doubt it. Believe it. And number five, commune with God through fellowship and prayer. Commune with God through fellowship and prayer. The Bible says that men ought to always pray and not to faint. So when I commune with God through fellowship and prayer, that keeps me strong. It keeps me from fainting. Because the Bible says in Proverbs um, 24.10, I believe. Yes, Proverbs 24.10, if I faint in the day of adversity, my strength is small. If I faint in the day of adversity, it's because my strength is small. My strength is, is narrow. I only see what I see. I only see what I'm going through. If, if you faint. Another word for that word faint is forsake. If you forsake, you can forsake your confession. You can forsake your stance. You can forsake what you believe. You can forsake what you're standing for. If you, if you forsake that in the day of adversity, it's only because your strength was small. So I need to know then, how do I, how do I draw strength? How do I, how do I build my strength? And I do that. I do that um, through these five things that I've given you. To rejoice is your choice. To rejoice is your choice. And one of the, one of the most difficult things to do is rejoice when you're going through difficulty. But we have scripture after scripture that tells us to do this. Uh, glory and infirmities. It tells us to do that. Um, yet will I rejoice in the Lord my God. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. See, 
because I've already overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, trials, and tests and challenges. See? So we have the Word of God that tells us how to respond. And, and watch this. I like what Nehemiah 8 and 10 says. The joy of the Lord, come on, is my strength. The what of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is, is my strength. Now, I, I love what another uh, translation of that, that says. Now, watch this. And this is the CEV, which is the uh, contemporary English version. It says, the joy that the Lord gives you will make you strong. The joy that the Lord gives you will make you strong. We've seen this song, this joy that I have, the world, come on, didn't give it to me. See, the world didn't give it to me. And, and, and that comes up because Jesus said, God says here, the joy that I give you, the joy that the Lord gives you, that's what's going to make you strong. It's something about rejoicing that won't let you stay weak. Amen. The, 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 uh, watch this, because I just thought about something. The Amplifier says this, and be not grieved and depressed, which comes from, uh, most definitely comes from death, the death of a loved one. Be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. The joy of the Lord. Now, so he says, don't be grieved. Don't, don't stay there. Don't stay there. The Bible says, uh, we sorrow not as those who have no hope. I would not have you ignorant concerning them which are asleep, those who have died and went on. Uh, he says, that ye sorrow not. He didn't say don't sorrow, but he says, don't sorrow like those who have no hope. See, we have hope, so our sorrow is going to be different. We're sorrow, but it's going to be different. Now, go to Isaiah 51 and 11. I'm not sure if that's where it is, but that, that's something that just came up, and I, I, I want to show you this, because you may think, man, that's, that's, that's tough, Pastor, to rejoice. Isaiah 51 and 11. Yeah, that is. Watch this. Let, let's read it together. Ready? Read Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Look what happens when you choose to rejoice. Look what happens when, when you start rejoicing, when you start singing. He says something's going to be upon your head. And when this joy get up on your head, you're going to obtain gladness and joy. And what's going to happen? Both sorrow and mourning shall do what? It can't stay. Sorrow and mourning cannot stay around joy and gladness. So again, he tells us how to respond. Sorrow not as those who have no hope. This word sorrow is a Greek word, lupo, which means don't slip into a depression. Don't slip into a depression. Well, how can I avoid slipping into a depression with all the stuff that I'm going through? See, if you don't, see, rejoicing, rejoice, rejoicing is your outlet. 
It's your, it's your outlet. It's an outlet that becomes your way out. That when you rejoice, you release. Because if you continue to suppress, you will become depressed. So you have to have an outlet. And, and so your outlet is, is to rejoice. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord my God. See, this is what's going to make you strong. It doesn't say you don't have moments of weakness and you don't get weak and you're not tempted with being weak and you're not, you know, overcome with being weak. That, that's not what we're saying, but we're saying, okay, when it happens, if it happens, and when it does, here's how you get strong. Don't stay weak. Get strong. And how you get strong? Well, what I just shared with you uh, just then. Let's look at lack of understanding. Let's move there. Number three. Lack of understanding. Number one is what? Lack of faith. Number two is what? Lack of strength. And number three is lack of understanding. Lack of understanding. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter number 3. Lack of understanding. When we lack understanding. When I lack understanding, when I lack faith, when I lack strength, is most definitely... It's going to keep me, it's going to hinder me from my expectations being fulfilled. Amen. So in Jeremiah chapter 3, and let me give you three, uh, uh, three, three things here before, before we read that, that passage. Number one, the first thing, the goal of teaching is understanding. The goal of teaching is understanding. Number two, the power of learning is concealed in understanding. The power of learning is concealed in understanding. You learn when, once you understand. You don't learn just because you have information. You learn when you understand. Amen? Amen. The goal of teaching is, is not to impress. It's it not to show how smart you are. Uh, but the goal of teaching is to uh, uh, put, produce understanding. And then the last one is the principle of practical application is rooted in understanding. The principle of practical application. In order for you to practice, execute, carry out what you've learned, what you've heard, then understanding must take place. Other than that, you can't properly carry it out. You cannot properly execute that which you have no complete or full understanding of. Amen. Amen. You can have desire, but if you lack understanding, you won't succeed in an area of your life. Something happens when you and I get understanding. We change when we get understanding. Once we understand... We change. Something happens on the inside of us. And that's why the scripture says in Proverbs 4 and verse number 7, in all thy getting, come on, get understanding. In all you're getting, in everything you get, don't forget to get understanding. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, and I will give you pastors, this is God talking, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with what? Knowledge and what? 
understand. That knowledge should be communicated in such a manner that it produces understanding. That's what God is saying. A pastor after God's heart, one that is after the heart of God, is one that will, uh, that will share information, that will share knowledge in a manner that it creates, it creates uh, understanding. That's why environment is so important. You know, every environment is not a learning environment. That's why uh, the educational system is like it is. If you're going to educate, you have to create an environment for learning. You have to create an environment. You know, you can't, you, you can't learn in a, rowdy se- in a rowdy session. You can't learn in an emotional setting. Amen. Many times church is the only place where we really try to convey information in an emotional setting. Nowhere else, only in church. Amen. Amen. You, went to, you went to school with a desire. The only reason you learn what you learn in school because that was an atmosphere for learning. That was an environment creating, created for learning. And anyone who disturbed that environment, they, 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 they put them out of the class. They had to go to the office. Amen. But they were creating an atmosphere for learning. And, and one of the things, uh, you know, we, we work at maintaining when it comes to the teaching of the Word of God is an atmosphere for learning. An atmosphere for learning and an atmosphere for understanding. That's critical. And that's why for the longest, you know, church people, they, they had no understanding. They had zeal. They had excitement. They had passion. They got the shout on. All of that. But they lacked understanding. Why? Because the atmosphere was not conducive for learning. Amen. And so there has to be, there has to be, and, and God said, I will give you pastors according to mine heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So here's the thing God does. God says, I'm going to give you a pastor. And I'm going to give you one that's going to feed you with knowledge and with understanding. So that's one of the roles of a pastor is to feed the people of God uh, such that they gain understanding. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't be a good pastor if you're not, if you're not, and, and, and you know what? And you have to work. See, you don't have to work at hearing. You have to work at getting understanding. You got to work at that. Because you, you can sit here and, and listen. You can sit here and listen and shake your head. <laughs> and, 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 and you can hear something, and, 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 but, but unless you can carry that out, know how to apply that to your life, obviously you don't have understanding of that. And there are a lot of people that walk away from the house of God void of understanding. Amen. Texting, you know, just doing, you know, texting, doing a lot. Now, I know, you know, we, we use our electronic devices for the Word of God and things like that. And I'm, not, I'm not knocking that, but make sure you're looking in the Bible. And you're not texting in between. Because if you are, you're not getting understanding. You're just hearing something. See, watch this. Watch this. Because it happens all the time. The the video announcements can run and and let you know when certain things are. And people will still call and ask, when is it? (laughs) And they've been seeing it on the video. See, they just kind of heard it. Or, or they tuned it out. 
They use that as an opportunity, you know, be doing something else while, while the announcements are running. Amen. Amen. Hearing, but not getting understanding. And, and just because you hear something, that does not mean you understand it. Amen. Amen. Mm, y'all quiet tonight. Mm. All right, Psalms 119. Let's, let's go there. Psalms 119, 130. And I like to have a good time. We come to the house of God and all that. But you're not learning and, and understanding if, if I'm talking and you run around the sanctuary while I'm, while I'm teaching, you run around the sanctuary. You, you could have ran doing praise and worship. You could have ran while the choir was singing. Now, how are you going to run and I'm talking to you? What kind of understanding you get? <laughs> Just listen. But see, you have to be, you have to be, watch this, watch this. The teacher has to be intentional. But the student has to be intense. Teacher has to be intentional, purposeful in teaching. But the student has to be just as intense. He has to be intense to make sure that I'm not just hearing but I'm also getting understanding. And I'm going to show you why getting understanding is so very important. Amen. Because if you don't have understanding, you have nothing. Because God said my people are what? Destroyed. Why? Lack knowledge. That lack. All right. Now, Psalms 119, 130, look what it says. The entrance of thy word, what? Give it light. It give it light. It giveth understanding even unto the simple. Now, this word entrance, it means opening, the opening of thy word. It means revealing, the revealing of the word. It also means teaching, but it also means unfolding, the unfolding of the word of God. There's always another layer to the word of God. And because there are layers to the word of God, then you have to take the time to unfold, to peel back so people can get the understanding. Amen. Amen. Amen? So the entrance of thy word, the teaching of the word of God, give it light, it give it, it, give it understanding even to the simple, even to simple childlike. So you don't have to be educated to understand the word of God, even the simple. It's that the childlike can get an understanding of the Word of God. The, 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 uh, the Revised Standard Version of 130 says this, the unfolding of thy word gives light, it imparts understanding. So when the Word of God is going forth, there is an impartation of understanding that's released. Amen. Now, understanding then is the basement for success in life matters, for success and victory in life's matters. Now, so let me give you some definitions of understanding, then we're going to see why understanding is so critical tonight. Are y'all here? Yes, sir. Okay. Turn the, uh, the air on to it. It's a little warm in here. Y'all warm? You're not? Okay, I am. Turn the air on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm working. <laughs> yeah, so give, give, me, give me some air. All right. So um, it, it means to have conceptualized, conceptualized something to a certain degree or given measure. It's also to perceive the meaning or grasp the idea of to observe what is meant and take hold of the information conveyed. Now, according to Romans 10, verse 17, so then, come on, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Say it again. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Say it again. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What comes when I hear the Word of God? Faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Write this principle down. Just because you hear doesn't mean you understand. It's because you hear. Hearing is not always understanding. And that's why many believers, they're hearing. They're getting the word of God. They're hearing. And as a result of the hearing, faith is coming. They're getting faith. How you know? Because they're hearing the word of God. But you're not going to be able to practice that word, execute that principle, if you don't get understanding. Amen. Matter of fact, you're not going to be able to hold on to the Word of God that long if you lack understanding. That's what the Scripture tells us. So in all you're getting, get what? Get understanding. Should we have faith? Yes. And when we hear the Word of God, what are we getting? Faith. But in all of your getting, get what? Understanding. So it's not enough just to have faith. You need some understanding. Well, I have the Word. I have faith. Okay, do you understand? That becomes, that becomes the, the critical question. Do you understand? Go to Daniel 12 and verse 8, and for time's sake, just look on the screen. Uh, Daniel 12 and verse number 8. Bless you, baby. Whoever that is. <laughs> All right, Daniel 12 and verse 8. Read that first part together. Ready? Read. And I heard, but I... I heard, but understood not. Now, anybody, anybody with children understand that passage? And you know, your children can hear you, but just because they hear you, come on, doesn't mean they understand. Any, any woman in here with a husband? Oh, my God, how many times did he hear you Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Come on, man. How many times have we heard? Oh, you know, I heard you. What, you what, did I, what did I say then? You know, you were talking about the thing. <laughs> he, said, he says, and I heard, but I understood not. So you can hear. Faith come by what? Hearing. So when I hear, what do I get? Faith, but in all you're getting, get what? Understanding. Because if you don't get understanding, then the word you heard is going to be taken and you'll no longer have faith. 
lot of believers are left to handle their battles without the Word of God and without faith because they lack understanding. And when you lack understanding, the Word of God is going to be taken away from you. That's why you come to the house of God. Yeah, we come to praise God. We come to, you know, to honor Him and, and, and worship Him. And, and, and all of that has its place. But when it's time for the Word of God, it's time for the Word of God. Amen. And you can't, you, you know, you, you have to be very careful about becoming bored with teaching. You know, because, you, know, you, you, you know, you can get real caught up in your emotion. You know, man, I, I just need, I mean, you know, it's, I like water restoration, but, you know, it, it ain't got no fire. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't have fire? What, what are you talking about? Well, you know, pastor, he just teach. Okay. That's how you got your degree. The professor came in and taught. That's, that's how you learn. That's how you become what your desire is. By somebody teaching you. Pulling out of you what's on the inside of you. Through teaching. That's how learning takes place. Through teaching. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Look at, look at uh, the CEV, and I, and I wanted to read this for, for a particular reason. The contemporary English version. Verse number 8. Can we read that together? Ready, read. Oh, that is a, that, now here's why I wanted to read that. Now we know this is an angel, uh, uh, one of the translations uh, for the word angel is messenger. And in the, in the New Testament, uh, in, in particular, in, in Revelation, uh, the pastor is, is referred to as an angel. He's the angel of the house. He is the angel because he's the messenger of God. And so I wanted to read that translation because how many of you have heard what the angel said? But you didn't understand it. And you cannot, you cannot successfully apply what you don't understand. So in all you're getting, get understanding. What do, you, what do you understand about the Word of God? What do you understand about what I'm teaching, what I'm, what I'm saying to you, what I'm, what I'm, what the information that I'm, I'm conveying to you? What, do you? what do you understand? Can you take what has been said and apply it in your life, apply it on the job, apply it in your marriage, uh, apply it? You know, can you take the information and apply it? If you understand it, you can but not if you don't understand it. Amen. Amen. And that's why understanding is so very important. Hallelujah. Are y'all getting this? Let's look at, let's look at this last passage, because I have a few moments left. Let's look at this last passage. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. 
I grew, I grew up in a church. I grew, I grew up in a Baptist church. And, and the pastor, my, my, uh, uh, Dr. Leon Ford, uh, was my pastor. And boy, he could, I mean, Dr. Ford could preach. He was a great teacher, too, but he could preach, man. He, man, he, he tuned it up. You know, I come from a church where, where you tune it up. <laughs> you hoop. Follow me, you, you, you hoop and you know, you pull it, and that's when the that's 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 what some folk don't wake up. <laughs> you know, they be sitting out, you know, just kind of looking at you, you, you talking, just kind of going through, and then you know, you get to get to a certain point, and you know, your voice start changing because you're getting ready to come home. <laughs> well, 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 uh. I think I, I think I leave you now. But uh, you know, you know, so, so and I can do, I can do it because I used to do it. That's that's how I used to preach. I used to preach like that. I used to do it. Squat. I used to do all of that. I, I used to do all of that, and I can do it. But I knew, I knew that God was calling me to be a teacher. And I'm not knock, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking anybody up. I'm not knocking anybody up. Because I, I still like to hear those who can really do it. I ain't kidding. You know, I don't, I don't really listen to nobody who's messing around with it, trying. But if somebody who really knows what they're doing, I like, I say, ooh, boy, he, <laughs> boy, he on that thing now. He on that thing. So I ain't hating on none of them. You know, so it got to be somebody who could, who could really pull it, though. <laughs> now, now, watch this. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's, and people perk up then. They, they kind of get up. All right now, preacher. All right now. You know, see, now, now you're ready to listen. And you walk away with no understanding. Walk away with no understanding. All right, now watch this. I'll read this passage and I'm done. Look at verse 18. Hear ye therefore. Now, 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 now with, this, with this thought in mind, when you lack understanding of what you heard, it will be taken away from you. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone, of the of, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, the word of God concerning the kingdom, concerning, concerning God's order, God's authority, God's plan. Anyone heareth the word of the kingdom. What, what happened when we hear the word? Faith comes. All right? Faith comes. Watch this. Anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. So you can hear and not understand. And understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one, and what? Catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Word sown in your heart. You didn't sit there all that time, listen to the word, didn't get an understanding of it. Playing with the baby, filing your nails. You know, texting people back and forth. You know, you're on half sleep. Then you jump up. Amen. <laughs> Say it, Pastor. <laughs> and, and watch this. If you if you if you you take all that time to listen to the word of God, and don't get an understanding, then the Bible said the devil's gonna come. He, he comes immediately and what? Snatch it away. He snatched that word away from you. And if you don't have the word, where's your faith now? You don't have faith. 
So, so watch this. So you're left then to handle your situation by your emotion. And your emotions are not designed to sustain you. You're left to your emotions, you're left to your flesh, you're left to what you think because you don't, you don't have any word. You don't have any faith. Well, I go to church. I, I, you know, I go to church. But you're not getting understanding. You're not getting understanding. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight.